Hey, what's going on, wonderful people? Um, I go by the name of Adrian Daniels, and if this is your first time listening, welcome to the Sound of Accra podcast. Now, we're going to continue the Money Mindset Month, okay? This January 2021. And on this episode, we have our special guest who is Michael G. Donko. Now, he's a financial planner. Uh, he also does wealth management and he's a life coach as well, believe it or not, all wrapped up into one. Um, if you want to up your financial literacy game, this is the episode you need to listen to, okay? Um, this was a fairly lengthy conversation, so we're gonna ch- we're gonna chop up into two parts. So this will be the first of a two-part series, okay? Now, uh, we're gonna talk about what it means to be a financial planner, um, building long-term wealth um, goals. Um, we're also gonna discuss and explore Michael's career um, to where he is now as a financial planner which is a very interesting career and in in between he's going to drop some wonderful gems and some golden tips make sure you guys um keep listening okay don't go anywhere stick around because we're going to talk about some great stuff and you guys already know if you want to show notes head over to the soundofacra.com head over to the soundofacra.com forward slash michael donko that's michael as in michael and donko is spelled d d for d for delta o for oscar n for india sorry not n for india n for november k for kofi o for oscar r for romeo let's get into the episode take care okay ladies and gentlemen um this is the sound of crowd podcast uh you're now tuned in to show where we chat with colorful creatives and entrepreneurs from a Ghanaian background all of a special interest to the city bringing you one step closer to Accra I have my brother Michael Donko who has joined the show today it's a special guest uh, so for those of you who don't know about Michael before I, <laughs> I let him even say hello um, he is a financial advisor and a life coach he's from London he's married got two kids raised in East London good old East London and he's worked in finance over the past decade and of course you're Ghanaian is that correct yeah yeah <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm, a, I'm a London boy but you know originally from Paris are from nice. Ghana I'm from Ghana nice. so yeah that's what's up man and how are you feeling today man yeah, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. It's been um, it's been a good day, you know, just kind of balancing work with um, homeschooling that we're having to deal with at the moment <laughs> with this whole uh, lockdown. Mm. So, yeah, just trying to keep everything in order, really, mm. and and not go crazy with all the kids <laughs> running around and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, you got to do what you, you got to do. do what you got to do, know? man. I totally agree with you. I yeah. mean, I don't have kids. I mean, it's something that I'm, I'm aspiring to have, but I mean... I guess, yeah. you know, it can't be easy managing kids in this pandemic whilst trying to do what you were trying to do, whilst having, whilst being married and <laughs> the house gets divided. It's a lot, right? house, like, um, Yeah, yeah. Everyone's got their room, yeah. you know, everyone's got their selective room. So as long as you stay in your room, <laughs> you're <we're> good. good. <laughs> so you got your own space, right? So even in the midst of having the missus and the kids, you have your own personal space mm. that you can go off uh, you, your back cave right to some, cave. to some yeah you still gotta have your back cave a little bit at some point you know but it's just trying to get the right balance so the kids got their room maybe one of us is in the bedroom and the living room and we we'll alternate and then you know just kind of just take it from there so just trying to get the balance right. with everything can you know, make sure the kids are on top of their calls and stuff like that. So yeah, all Perfect. good, man. All good. Yeah. And um, yeah, man, you're looking fresh, even in the midst of a pandemic. Um, obviously I had a look at your website. 
All right, man. I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm, I'm, I like it, humble guy. So yeah, I had a look at your website as well. I like you. I like how you got the personal yeah. brand thing going on. Um, we'll probably get, get to that maybe towards the end of the show if there's time. Okay. Um, yeah. but I do really like how you're presenting yourself and your personal brand. Um, you know, from the photos, you know, you look like you're someone out from the apprentice. You know, you know how you know these apprentice kind of. Um, you look like you look like one of these mo- models yet. Yeah, intellectual kind of guy that kind of yeah. gone for the apprentice kind of thing do you, you know i know i know you've watched the yeah. apprentice before do you remember watching the apprentice and seeing um some of the clips where um they're, they're talking about the different candidates that put themselves forward yeah, yeah. and then they're yeah. doing all these and then they're doing <laughs> yeah. all this like walking around london and all of these angles and stuff yeah got two yeah kids. And they tell them how great they are and how they're better than everybody else. <laughs> and it's all arrogant That's and everything right, is like crazy. Yeah, I get it, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah man. So I mean it kinda it kind of gave me that kind of vibe in a good way as well. So I mean mm-hmm. you can only applaud yourself for doing a great job, man. So well done, man. Oh thanks, man. Yeah. Thanks. Just really trying to get myself out <laughs> there and get everyone to see me for you know me, you know, effectively. So yeah that's what's up man and speaking of your website don't worry guys we will have everything in the show notes from today's show all the links and the websites and the references you can head over to the sound and we'll have all of the show notes for today's show uh it will be sound forward slash michael donkel don't worry we'll get into that a bit later on okay so yeah michael mm-hmm. um obviously i've introduced you earlier on you know just get, maybe tell us two or three things about yourself um yeah so you know besides being born in in london you mentioned the the kids Mm. so you know family Mm. guy um you know big i'd say music fan but i'm a bit old school so you know old school hip-hop rap Mm. you know um big nas fan Mm. uh king's disease was a good album so so shout out nas if he's watching this (laughs) um one in a million yeah. <laughs> other than that, you know, um, you know, myself, I just kind of really just focusing on, especially with this time, just trying to balance life with, with family and work and, you know, trying to stay uh, positive with everything going on at the moment. And, you know, I think that helps, especially with stuff like the life coaching that I'm, I'm doing as well. And, you know, kind of using that energy to, to try and keep mm-hmm. other people motivated and keep them going in this kind of crisis, because mm-hmm. yeah, you know, it's it's a it's unfortunate what's happening. You don't know what's coming around the corner, but you, you got to find a way to stay positive. So, you know, that's that's me trying to always just you know kind of look on the bright side. You know, very 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 true. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, you know what? Those are very true words because at the end of the day, um, especially when you're talking to your clients, I mean, obviously your an, an important person to your clients you're also an important person to your family to your kids so to keep up that positivity is very important because it's only yeah. gonna um, reflect upon all of those areas and those avenues in your life so very very true point there um yeah, yeah man so i just want to get straight into it um we're probably going to get into the life coaching bit maybe towards the end of the show i just really want to decipher you know the finance backgrounds that you have all right yeah. Uh, so yeah. um first of all let's 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 bust this myth straight straight away right 
um, mm-hmm. talk us through financial planning. I mean, because with financial planning, um, that could be yeah. um, interpreted in so many different ways. I mean, people could think accounting, they could think bookkeeping, they could think yeah. wealth management, um, you, you know, you know, financial advisor. I mean, there's so many different avenues that this could be interpreted as. But yeah. in your words, what's financial planning? So I guess, you know, like you said, financial advisor, uh, financial planning, um, they all kind of fit in the same umbrella, effectively. Uh, Financial planning is all about um, building a long-term plan uh, for your your life Uh goals, okay? And the financial advisor, the individual that you're working with should effectively be trying to do that in the most tax-efficient way possible, Mm. So aiming to structure yourself so that you're not only um, making yeah. money in one hand, in one aspect, but also saving from another aspect. So almost getting the right balance from both sides, if you can do that. Um, but then it's also about um, anything else that money touches. Yeah. So a financial advisor should be talking to you about um, all aspects of finance, whether they can help you directly with it yeah. or not. And then using that to build your financial plan for the long yeah. term. A lot of people don't really tend to think farther than or further than five years, so to speak, in terms of mm. what they're they're expecting going forward. Your financial advisor is usually someone that's trying to think, you know, maybe the next 10, 15, wow. 20 years or so mm. to really uh, think about what your future could look yeah. like. Um, and we will get to that because I think the current conditions of the of the economy um, could make that quite tricky but we will get to that yeah. navigating financial planning in a covid world um what i do yeah. want to touch upon is the article that you shared with me on um, on zenny's zenny's inspiration i think i do recognize that website yeah. um i think we do have a mutual mm-hmm. friend which we'll probably have a conversation about after the show yeah okay yeah. <laughs> I know the owns the website, so you must know her mm-hmm. um yeah i went to university you? okay yeah. there you go <laughs> shout out to glennis if you're yeah. listening <laughs> small world man yeah Shout Shout out to Glenn. Glenn. Yeah, yeah definitely you can even share this podcast with her <laughs> tell her i said all right so um there's an important thing that you said on the article that really mm-hmm. um caught my eye right so you so right at the beginning mm-hmm. by the way very good article this is a very well written article guys we will make sure it's linked in the show notes so you can take a look at it now back now back to the article right you well, you wrote this very well. You mentioned a very very key point, right? You said um, you're talking about the conversation you had with your friends, and then that kind of opened your whole world, kind of thing. The average person, money hits their bank account twelve times a year, but how many times does it leave mm-hmm. your bank account? <laughs> <laughs> and then you say, apparently, so so that statement obviously rocked your world, mm-hmm. right? Now, did that inspire you? What I want to know is, Michael, right? Did that inspire you to get into financial planning? Because that sounded to me that that may have done it for you. Or was it more than that? So that that yeah. statement was actually Glennis was it? Okay. in that part. Yeah, that was Glennis in that part. Bravo to um, Glennis. <laughs> that, she, that she spoke to me about. Okay. Wow. And uh, it was quite interesting because um, it, it just kind of, reminded me of what my experience was with finance, yeah. especially when I was earlier on 
working in finance. I was working in investments, um, stockbroking, yeah. side of things. And I've kind of dealt with that. But in terms of um, what kind of inspired me to get into financial yeah. advice, it was way back when I was working in the bank, in retail banking. I was working at a yeah. branch um, for High Street Bank, customer mm. service, uh, personal banking, dealing with loans, credit cards, um, bank accounts, all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. And I um, happened to work with a, a financial advisor at the time that was making loads of moves, making loads of money. <laughs> um, I was I was bringing in all the leads. So I was like kind of directing him, directing the clients yeah. to him and he would provide them the service. And then he'll come to me at the end of the month and be like, you know, well done, man. You, you've, you've made like 350 points. Uh <laughs> And I've made 10 grand. Yeah. So like, yeah. well done. So I was like, what's yeah. going on here? Like, I need to get to know, it. Right? Like, it doesn't so, add up. Like, he's he's yeah. eating. He's he eating. He's eating from the king's table. I'm eating from the, from the floor. Yeah. Like, what's going yeah. on, bro? <laughs> it, it was crazy. And, you know, it was only at that point when I realized uh, that I wanted to get into that mm. space. Um, you know, he was, um, I was thankful enough that he was happy to kind of get me into his meetings so I can see what he was doing, understand his role. Um, then from that, I started looking into the qualifications myself and um, tried to move up with the bank and they wanted to kind of steer me towards mortgages okay. first, which yeah. I didn't think was it's a good typical, idea. quite typical, isn't it? Mortgage, like um, people, like bank, people working in banks going into like mortgage of advisor and getting their, is that, is that CMAP, yeah. the qualification? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think at the t- I think it's still relevant, the CMAP. At the time it was the CMAP. I was looking at the CFAR. Yeah at the mm-hmm. time, the Certificate for Financial yeah. Advisors. Um, I was uh, starting to study that and I tried to get in. I asked the manager, they were like, no, you've got to go to go through mortgages first, stay there for a couple <laughs> of years, then go and move over to financial planning, financial advice. And I just kind of looked at it and thought, no, I can actually just do my exams, be a qualified yeah. advisor and just go to like one of the other banks, you know, and just move over there. Um, so off the back of that, I decided to leave. I left That's the bank, right. started studying my exams. And, you know, kind of randomly, as mm-hmm. I was doing that, I ended up uh, moving across into investing nice. and did my certificate in uh-huh. investments, did that qualification and then moved into stock nice. So you kind of moved quite yeah. quite quickly. You just made a quick transition from one area of finance to another. and. Yeah, I don't remember exactly what happened, but it just kind of, it was all the excitement of trading yeah. and, you know, being in the mix of things kind of moved me over there and still looking at the idea of working with people and, and working with their finances okay. as well. So that's kind of yeah. there. Um, let's let's take a quick diversion, Michael, because obviously you brought up trading and stock working. Yeah. Um, shout out to Jason, who was in season one. He's one of my close friends in university who came on the podcast and he's a very successful trader, day trader and obviously um, investor, etc., and he obviously we talked about trading, etc. Um, what's your take on trading? I know there's bad, obviously there's bad types of trading. Well, not I want to say bad, but probably not advisable, like binary trading, and then there's day trading, and there's you know buying, you know, shares or stocks, whatever assets trading on assets. Yeah. What's your what's your take on trading? And for you as a financial planner, um, are you legally yeah. able to trade at the same time? Because usually there's like a clash. Usually when you're working in a certain financial realm, for example, if, for example, I know people yeah. that work in Barclays that they can't trade. You understand? Is there is there a clash yeah. with working as a financial planner with you? 
There is, there is, because um, it's usually based on um, the the kind of licenses put in place with the companies that you're working uh-huh. with. Um, so when I was a uh-huh. broker, um, the, the problem that I came across was that if I wanted to make any trades, yeah. so if I thought, let me set up my own account and yeah. do some trades, I had to get all of them signed off by compliance. Yeah. Okay. So it wasn't. A straightforward of let me open the account, put some money in. Hey, the footy looks good. Bitcoin looks good. It was literally you had to go to your compliance uh-huh. officer, fill out a form, and say, "Look, I want to do this trade for whatever yeah. reason. Give it to them, and then they'll come back to you within a couple of days." Okay. In most cases, unless she was able to kind of have that conversation, like, "Can you sort this out? Uh, we need to do this now," and and that just caused a problem. It caused a problem because you know. In, in the kind of short t- trading game, you know, scalping and, and trying to go in yeah. and out of trades, you know, time is everything, yes. you, you know, uh, execution mm. is everything. And, you know, I think now with the way technology algorithms have, have come yes. about, there's more opportunity for you to kind of put, you know, certain price limits in place so that you can execute trades when you're not there mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Um, it, it just made it a bit more difficult to kind of kind of track those things. Yeah. And you got into a rhythm where, you know, you was actively um, managing your client's mm-hmm. money. So you wasn't uh, heavily thinking about your finances because okay. you could you could easily um, get muddled up in the two. Yeah. You, you, you have trades yeah. by yourself yeah. and you're trying to think about your client's money and you're like, oh, <laughs> I need to check if that trade's doing well. Do yeah. you know what I mean? So it, it can kind of mess up the game a little bit. So that was the problem there. And then in, in, as a financial uh-huh. advisor... Um, a lot of the role is about uh, long-term uh-huh. planning um, and some of the kind of trades that we're talking about are very short-term. Yeah. So it is it is a bit of a clash. Mm-hmm. You don't usually advise a client on an individual yeah. stock. You're, you're, you're advising a client on an overall plan, plan yeah. and that plan might include some element okay. of trading or some element okay, of... Okay, right. So it's an overall strategy. So, so this is... So now so now we've brought the conversation a little bit back into financial planning. So it's like an overall strategy of um, different tools, different vehicles you can leverage in order to get to that financial wealth goal or whatever it is that you're trying to get to. Yeah. 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 The financial... If, if, I, if I was to use the analogy in yeah. trading, you know, the financial planner would be... Um, looking at what price to get in at and what price yeah. to get out and what kind of returns anticipating mm-hmm. and 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 the, the trader would be looking at what stock okay. to buy mm-hmm. um, to some extent you can, you can assume it's that or what commodity is if they're looking at uh, gold or if yeah. they're looking at any FX yeah. so um, the financial planner is is thinking about it from a longer term perspective but also you know to kind mm-hmm. of add to okay. that I think terms of trading it, it needs to kind of mm. either um, work well with your character or you need to get mm. used to setting up a, a trading style of your own as well mm. um because at the time being in my early 20s and still trying to get a good hold yeah. on it uh, i was very impulsive i was very impulsive <laughs> so i'd put trades on and maybe get nervous and then to put the trade <laughs> off or or take the money around and then try and change and chase some more money then before you know it yeah. i've lost it so it's it was about getting that discipline in place and you know i just never uh, did it long mm-hmm. enough because i was 
broken and just focusing on my client's yeah. money. So you so obviously trading, obviously we're not we're not gonna make this all about trading, but I mean trading essentially, I know there's an art and and, and the science to it at the same time because like you mentioned before, there's different um things that you can do to kind of be disciplined like looking out for signals and things like that which i know is quite popular in the trading community people sending out signals and people say trade now trade now do it now (laughs) (laughs) this kind of stuff that you need to look at and you just need to be on top of it and i i do feel that um it can become a full-time job that's the thing with with that kind of stuff so yeah it's almost like if you want to do it you want to you want to do it properly you know i get that and now platforms where you can do it on yeah. the side, um, but it still takes a lot of your time and yeah. effort to to execute those trades properly as well. Mm. Yeah, very very true. Um, this is good conversation, by the way. Um, we can probably talk about trading for quite some time now, because but um, let's try and maybe steer the conversation back to you and your journey getting to where you are now as a financial planner. Uh, but before we continue, I just wanted to mention. Um, you having the experience of um, utilizing these different um, wealth vehicles like trading, stockbroking, whatever it is, do you think that set you up for success as a financial planner? And is it important to be exposed to different um, wealth strategies, like whether it's investing in property, stocks, trading, you know, assets, whatever? Is that important or is that essential in becoming a financial planner? Um, it's, it's kind of like a yes and no answer because I think what, what tends to happen from a financial planning, financial advisory standpoint yeah. is you, 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 be, you get yourself in a position where you can look at financial mm. products, uh, as I view. So you're in a position where you can look at loads of different avenues, loads of different areas, um, that you can advise yeah. on and, you're not always just kind of, um, kind of, you know, kind of singled out to one area, one specific specific yeah. area. Okay, so you start to understand how different um, products act and behave, mm. and and what the kind of expectations okay. are, what the tax implications are for some of these areas. Whereas, if you're a broker, you know, um, when I was broken. I was specializing in small cap shares. Um, I was specializing in main market FTSE 100, uh, FTSE 250 companies. I only knew what I was doing in those areas, you know, in terms of trading. And then in most cases, I only knew about the companies that we were actively advising our clients on, unless I made the effort myself to 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 research outside of those, okay, those kind I of understand. realms. So it's also it's all about kind of... Um focusing on what you know right so focus on the strategies yeah. that you know yeah. to kind of achieve that goal that yeah. you're working with your client to attain and when you're financial when, yeah. you, when you're um doing financial planning is there necessarily like a target a goal that you're working with your client together to get to or is yes. it more kind of like yeah. being tax efficient you know um yeah tax efficient profit efficient etc and it's a combination it's a combination of both but um it's driven by the mm. client you know I, I can't just sit here and tell you you should do this you yeah. should do that it, it needs to be based on what you what you okay. want and what's important okay. to you as individual okay. what's important to your lifestyle what's important to your circumstances okay, mm-hmm. okay? and uh, the advisor should be able to kind of advise you based on what 
you're trying mm-hmm. to achieve effectively off the back of that. So it, it needs to come from the client. They need to they need to want it. They need to need it. Um, and then they need to understand why the advisor thinks it's important to put that in place for them. Okay. And and then more importantly, what the end what the end goal of that will look okay. like. Okay, that making sense. Making sense. All right. So let's let's go back to finally let's go back to you um getting to where you are today. Yeah. So obviously you left retail banking, you know, there's a conventional route they're saying you should take, but it's a bit like school, university, you know, everyone says go to school, yeah. go to university, you know, follow this path. But then obviously you forged your own yeah. path and, and obviously you got to where, you know, you did some qualifications, did some studying, got some certificates in investing. And then is this the point where you got into wealth management? No, so um, after the bank and I did my qualifications, mm-hmm. uh, I went into stockbroking. So I went to a boutique, a stockbroking mm-hmm. firm in the city, went in as a trainee equity dealer, trainee broker. Um, so I had you know a few mentors uh, that I was working with and eventually kind of got a grip of, of what I was doing as a, as a, as a broker. Um, so I was doing that for a few years, um, moved around from one or two different companies and still trading, so actively trading in the main markets and then uh, eventually moved into CFDs, derivatives, so leverage okay. trading, which is pretty much what we're seeing a lot at the moment with yeah. FX. Um, and then um, moved to a, a company called SVS Securities and I was there for about okay. four years um, as um, and also moved into a senior role. So at that point, I was um, managing brokers as well mm. uh, with a team of, of uh, other senior brokers. Wow. Um, so I was I was in I was in broken for about six wow. seven years. I was in broken for about six okay. seven years. Um, so good times, you know, good parties. <laughs> um, you know, it weren't all it weren't all work. There was a lot work of fun. Out, uh, you know, it wasn't was War for Wall yeah. Street, but you know, we had a good time. <laughs> Time, let's just say we had a good time um, and I still had in the back of my mind that I wanted to um, get to wealth management yeah. um, because this is more still tailored to, to trading so you know um, after I think it was around 2017 yeah. I got to a point where I thought you know I'm, I'm kind of ready to make the transition and start thinking about the long-term yeah. game and and what I kind of achieve from that and and also still want to be in a position where I can help people with their finances. I felt like I was on a bit of a roller coaster with trading. It was up and down all the time. There was a lot going on. Um and it's it's not always easy dealing with clients, you know, from from that perspective. Yeah. Um so yeah, I decided to make the transition into um wealth management and that wasn't as straightforward as I would have I assumed imagine, it was. Yeah. I was qualified but then I uh, moved I did an initial mm-hmm. jump to Switzerland and um, I actually went to a, a company out of Switzerland for about six months. <laughs> and crazy. I just um, kind of took that that jump, a leap of faith to go <laughs> there and uh, move to a there and see what that what was, was like. The money? Was it the um, money for you? Because I know of Switzerland, there's quite was, high salaries. It was. People can get high salaries. And yeah. We're going to get into tax havens a little bit, just a tiny bit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, what was Switzerland like? Different financial culture, I can imagine. Different regulations. Yeah, different, different culture. Um, yeah. I think, you know, people are a bit more, um, 
they're a bit more comfortable in terms of um, speaking with you. But when it comes to finances, they don't they don't waste time. They're very wow. direct. You know, they didn't be around the bush. If they're not happy, they'll tell you. They don't want to get involved in anything. They'll tell you a lot. A lot of people in the UK, from right experience, will kind of. Um, play that carrot and stick kind of scenario. They'll dangle a lot of stuff in yeah. front of you. And then they, <laughs> you, you go through the process with them and they'll go, ah, oh, I'm not really interested yeah. or I don't have yeah. the money. Kind exactly. of stuff. And yeah. out, out there is, I'm, I'm interested, I'm That's, not interested. They just tell you as it is. It's, 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 it's a bit more of American culture, is, right? Straight. Because with America, I think American culture is different to British culture. With British culture, a bit more reserved, you see? That's the problem, yeah, and yeah, you know when, yeah. and we don't really like being sold to or being like pitched something. We want to kind of like, oh, I'll yeah. think about it, think about it, think about it, think about it, think about it. Oh, yeah, I don't want it, I don't want it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know that's the culture. Yeah. So and, I appreciate you know yeah. Switzerland. They'd be more direct. I prefer people like that because when it comes to working yeah. with clients, it's just a lot easier to qualify a client or, or to find a client and to work with a client. Yeah. Yeah. And they're very personal mm. as well. They, you know, it, it's not easy to kind of build, um, you know, that kind of business relationship with them, even calling, you know, hey, you could probably call someone's <laughs> office um, and they'll probably go, look, I'm, I'm at work. Can you call me on my, my mobile? We'll talk yeah. about this later. You know, they, they will get very offended if you call them at in the office. Like I'm at work, <laughs> not calling. Like it's. It's, it's one of those scenarios. They're not wasting time. They're not yeah. wasting time. So you had yeah. to uh, get used to yeah. those kind of, uh, yeah, those responses and everything. But yeah, it was a different environment. Um, I was there for okay. six months. I came mm-hmm. back. Um, I, I, I went there by myself, so I still have my family here. So I came back. <laughs> is, that, is that a real reason? Uh, I tried. <laughs> I tried. I tried. So um, I came back and... Wanted to, <laughs> uh, it was, it, you know, I started to get yeah. into it, but you have to be there long enough to, to really grasp mm. it. But um, I came back and, and then moved to a, a company here in yeah. London and, and started my, my proper, I don't say proper, but my my UK-based journey in, in wealth management and financial advice. Nice. And I was doing that for about Okay, so when you came so. from Switzerland, that's when you start to go out on your own kind of thing. Uh, so I, I moved to another um, practice okay. Um, called SJP. Um, I was there for about two years or so. Um, so they're, they're quite a big brand. And I was at a, a practice within uh, the company um, and just kind of building my, my my knowledge, my expertise, my client base, and, and just kind of building from nice. there. So, you know, I kind of already had the interest, but it was just, you know, how to get in the right way to get in and, you know, kind of go to the right firm and, and you know, kind of build my, my understanding of what that whole world okay. is about, what this whole okay. world is about. So was this, so on, on the long term or in the short term, was this always the, the goal to become a financial planner eventually? Or was that something that you kind of yeah. decided to do um, in, in recent years? No, it's funny because I always feel like um, when I started in, in banking, I was face to face. I was I was in the branch. I was face yeah. to face. I got used to that, and I transitioned to to broken, and I was over yeah. the phone. So I was over the phone, and I always felt at some point I was going to go back to face to face for whatever reason. So it didn't feel like um, new territory. It felt like I was eventually going to get there anyway. Okay. So you could say it was, I was always planning to 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 get into that spot 
um, the broken side of things was was good, um, but it didn't feel like it was going to yeah. last uh, for the long term. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I always thought I was going to get back into that kind of yeah, space. Yeah, I, I can appreciate that because I mean, maybe broken is a bit, maybe a bit more direct, more hours. You got maybe a lot. It's a bit more fast paced. Yeah, that's that's, um, that's 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 it. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Whereas those mm, hours, um, you know, um, very you know, uh, highbrow. There's a lot to to deal with, adrenaline, <laughs> all that kind of stuff. There's a lot going on, and you know, it's a nice environment, though. It's a nice environment when you're in there with yeah. your boys, and you guys are actively trading, and you guys are having banter and all this kind of stuff. It's 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 a nice mm. feeling, but yeah, just it just felt like you know, it was just one uh, moment in time. Mm. You know, it happened. It, it was fun, and and. Now it's the it. That's kind of how I looked at it. That's true because in those kind of yeah. environments, I mean, there could be high pressured environments as well. So what you want to do is yeah. you'd want to maybe sus, you know, be in that environment for for some time, make your money, you know, get that buzz, make make those you know the, the, those 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 monies, and then you know leave because at the end of the day, maybe working in that kind of high you know high intensity environment is not sustainable so yeah. when you want to go go on to life changes such as having a family getting married etc you'd want a different kind of work-life balance yeah yeah i think you start to see the difference um when you go into those places and you see the difference between the guys that are single <laughs> and um right yeah. home to the guys that uh are married kids and you know they're just there for yeah. the check you know that guy will be doing their trades and then it's 4 30 and they're Absolutely, out the door yeah. whereas the youngsters are you know they're they're messing about then it's like okay we're going down to the pub and then before you know it it's a it's an all-nighter and they're coming in the next yeah. day bad because they just had too much it fun just shows so, the difference. you know it just shows the difference between being young and being being older like for example you could go to university and as soon as you graduate you know you have all of yeah. these, you know, um, graduate programs. A lot of them are kind of like sales based, you know, yeah, come and work for us. Here's the basic, but here's the uncapped commission, you know, and then they're, they're yeah. all in there, all guns blazing. And then after a while, they're like, okay, cool. I've had enough of this. Let me move on to this. Yeah. Yeah. Literally, literally. And I think, I think to be fair, um, it's, it's, there's an element of that that's supposed to be that way because especially looking at finance, um, when you get into it, you start to realize that it's a very yeah. broad topic. There's so many different pockets that you can fall into with finance and you almost have to kind of just go in and, and experience it and and learn mm-hmm. about it and know that it exists uh, to find out if it's uh, in line with, your, with mm-hmm. who you are and what you want to mm-hmm. do. Because a lot of people that I used to speak to back in the day, um, you know, a lot of people think trading and broken is the right. same thing. <laughs> so when I was dealing with um, people coming in to to want to get a job as a, a broker, they used to come into interviews and be like, "Yeah, I really want to trade the market, and I want to do this and that kind of stuff." And you know, I saw much Wall Street, and I want to like, okay, but you know, this is really a, a sales role. You know, we're we're on the phone, we speak uh-huh. to our clients. It's more client uh, focused as opposed yeah. to just you know, being in front of the screen and just clicking the button and just going up and down and all that kind of stuff. So that that's that's from a lack of understanding, not knowing that there's a big difference, but just seeing it on the screen and assuming that it's just one thing. There's so many different other avenues in in, in trading, investing, structured yeah. products, um, EISs, VCTs. Yeah. It's uh, a foreign language loans. to me, you know? 
It's all different areas that you can fall into. Investment yeah. banking, MMA, so many different things that you can yeah. fall into. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. a it's it's a big world, the financial world. So, you know, when I hear some of these terms, some of them, I don't catch on to it because I know it's just, it's just yeah. not my world. So I'm one of the first people to admit yeah. when it comes to certain, you know, areas of finance, I'm not the best guy to speak to. You know, I'll just refer people to certain to certain people to talk about certain areas. Um, and yeah, I mean, yeah. that's that's the beauty of it, man. You just need to kind of know, you know, what, what it is that you're looking for. And let's bust this myth again, right? So you mentioned, you know, some people confuse trading with, bro- with broken. What's, explain yeah. the difference for, for the listeners now, the difference between maybe stockbroken and, and trading, like a, like a simple, different, simple difference. Okay, so I guess the simple difference is uh, a trader is that guy that you see in front of the screen mm. that is actively trading their money or someone else's money. Um, they're following the charts. They're, they've got the six, you know, you yeah. see it. They've got the six screens in front of them. They've got Bloomberg, <laughs> you know, they're sitting there. They're looking at all the markets yeah. non-stop and they're trying to go in and out yeah. of trades uh, and they might be doing a lot of short-term yeah. trading and it's, it's it's a lot of pressure on them for whatever yeah. they're doing um the, the broker is kind of the the war for wall street scenario where you've got the guy on the phone that's making that's calling the client to say look this i've got this share yeah. for you that you know i'm confident it's going to go up for you and, and i want to advise okay. you to buy it and put in your okay. portfolio and then we'll, we'll keep an eye on that for yeah. you. So you're effectively trading your, your client's money for them. You're, bro- you're brokering the deal. You're, you're effectively brokering the yeah. deal for them. And this is more of your field today rather than you a few years ago, right? Am I correct? What the, what the broker side of things? I mean, as, as part of your overall financial planning, not that you do it, but you may bring it up, right? Yeah. Um, well, yeah, I mean, I, I would always talk, talk about, talk about it, yeah. it because it's part of my experience. Yeah. And also because a lot of people do tend to speak to me under the impression under the impression that, um, you know, as a financial yeah. advisor, um, I, I can trade their mm-hmm. money. Um, I can invest for them. But in terms of if they assume that I'm going to be sitting at the screen trading their money for them and then going, Hey, David, like we've just made the grand now. What do you want to do? That's not, yeah, happening, happening. you know, that's not a um, financial advisor's yeah. role. The broker might yeah. do that. And that's what I was doing mm-hmm. before. So it is a different, it's just a different transition. My, my role now is more about um, kind of sitting down with, with individuals, um, small businesses and understanding what their situation looks like and helping them build, you know, mm-hmm. kind of, um, financial plan okay. yeah. and you know, kind of structure, structure their finances. Yeah, I well. thought so. It's more kind of financial projections and plans rather than execution, you yeah. know, because the, the execution can come yeah. from someone else or even themselves. Yeah, there, there is an option for that. Ideally, you'd want your client to work yeah. with you um, and, you know, you'd want to build a relationship with them for okay. the long term. Um, but the, the initial idea of what you're trying to do is build a plan for them. you want to put a plan in place for them and rightly so if if they are um, happy with what you're doing and they want to work with you then they would want you to implement that plan yeah. um but in some cases they, they might decide to that they have other options to implement that plan if that's the mm-hmm. case fine um as long as you pay me for what am i <laughs> doing then 
yeah, you know, it, it works. It's it's almost like um, uh, a solicitor in some cases where you, you're requiring the solicitor to put certain contracts in place for them and they'll they'll do the work, they'll put the time in to execute it. And then once they've done that, you know, you'll go away and, and do what you need to mm. do with that, with that paperwork. Mm. Understand, understand. Okay. <laughs> you know, I remembered, um, I remembered one of the, one of those, yeah. I remembered one of these scenes in then the Wolf of Wall Street. Leonardo DiCaprio did such a good job in that movie. The scene where he makes that phone call, that one, that one sells It's on YouTube, right? Obviously, there's versions of it on YouTube. It's got so many million hits. The amount of times I've watched that sales pitch is ridiculous. It's so entertaining. You just see the silence and the way everyone just looks like, oh my God, how do you do that? And he just talks rubbish. Yeah. You just hear all you hear is the enthusiasm, yeah. just the energy in his in his voice, and how well this this investment is going to do. And and that's all that mattered. That's yeah. all that mattered at that moment in time. That client was like, "Okay, this sounds awesome. I've got to get involved now." <laughs> that's you know? hilarious. So it's it's a crazy yeah. crazy game. Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed that first episode with Michael Donko. Uh, once again, guys, uh, if you want the show notes, visit thesoundofacrowd.com and smash the show notes button on the website. Or you can also visit thesoundofacrowd.com forward slash Michael Donko. Donko is spelled D for D, D for Delta and then O for Oscar, N for November, K for Kofi, O for Oscar and R for Romeo. Okay, um, make sure you guys check us out on LinkedIn and Instagram at The Sound of Accra. Check out our YouTube channel, just search The Sound of Accra and we'll show up on YouTube and check out our other video podcasts. If you wanna be on the show, um, drop us an email, info at thesoundofacra.com or visit the contact us page on the website. Okay, um, we are now coming to the end of season two. If you're listening to this in January, 2021, um, whenever you listen to this, we're coming to the end of season two. So um, I don't know what I'm going to do next, whether we're doing season three or whether we're going to do some kind of series. I don't know. But if you want to be in the show, um, hit us up and we'll see what we can do. All right. Now, having said that, I was Adrian Daniels and I'll catch you guys on the next one. I'm just not really on it today. (laughs) Take care. Bye bye.